Hello, everyone. This is Deborah Brown Volkman, and I am the podcast host of Wisdom Comes with Wrinkles. Uh, this is episode number nine. I am so excited about today. I say this every time. I really am very excited. The premise of this podcast is getting older is not something to be afraid of, and especially in the workplace. It's, it's a time of celebration. You have battle scars, wounds, you, you know, you've gone through stuff. You've done a lot, you've seen a lot, and you have the opportunity to, to give back. It's all, it's all about contribution. And you know, guests come on this podcast and they share lessons learned and ex experiences that they went through to pay it forward to the next generation. I have just one little logistical thing. Some of you are listening to this podcast and some of you are watching it. So if you are, I take notes. I like to take notes. I like to capture what the guests say in the moment is like little gems and wisdom and I like to get it. So if you see me, for the watchers, if you see me go like this and look down, I am taking notes. Okay. So my guest today is Yvonne DeVita. She is a book coach and she's an author advisor. This woman is a dynamo, a dynamo. I got to meet her through an entrepreneurial think tank and I'm just so impressed by her. She is passionate, she's interesting, she's knowledgeable um, and she really cares about people and she cares about books and she cares about the informa information getting put out to the world. And it could be any information, it's not one genre. Like she. I see her endorse so many different things on LinkedIn and she's always posting and she always has something amazing um, and really insightful to say. So I'm so glad that you're here today. So thank you for being here. Well, Deborah, I am so glad to be here. I really love the idea of this show. This is really what attracted me, not to mention that having met you in the think tank, and I'm really impressed by you also and what you're doing. And I'm, I'm really amazed at your, your um, venture into TikTok, which is not um, a subject of the show, but mm -hmm. maybe some other time we could talk about that. So I'm really glad to be here. Yes, I um, just, uh, yes. So I'm going to actually write that down because I think that would be a great topic. Last year, I, I got into I got into videos. I started doing videos and publishing videos, and it completely transformed my life. It gave me uh, a body acceptance. So currently, now on TikTok, I have about tw uh, twenty thousand video views, and I'm not even a funny person. I'm just a person who goes out there and gives advice. And I think what happens over time is people get used to seeing you. Mm -hmm. And if you if you have quality content, it has to be quality. You know, people. You know, people will like, and it's not easy to get a like. You really have to work very hard for it. So, I I, I appreciate you saying that very much. So, tell us, tell our listeners, you know, a little a little bit about you and some. And you know, you and I spoke about some of the experiences that you've been through. But before we do, um, how old are you? Okay. Yes. Well, I'm seventy. Actually, I'll be seventy-one in August fourth. That's just amazing. Uh, I'm 57 and I, I say this every time. Thank God for Zoom. Thank God for touch up my appearance because it's the best thing no. ever, ever. No. Okay. That's what I say too. Yes. All right. So go ahead. So tell, tell us, you know, tell us a little bit about yes. yourself. Yes. Well, here's the thing. So I go back to my childhood um, being a writer. I was in second grade and I spent 
almost all my time drawing pictures and writing stories. And most of my stories included a dog because I really wanted a dog. Okay. And the teacher had to call my uh, mother in to say, you need to talk to this girl because she won't pass second grade if she keeps doing this. Well, apparently I passed second grade because I don't remember ever being held back, but I continued writing throughout my life. And in high school, I would write stories and circulate them among my friends and they would bring them back and say, where's the next one? Are you done? Have you written it? What's going on? We need more. And it just validated me it validated me as a person and a writer. And I, I um, you know, that I grew up and I did all the things everybody does. I did not go to school for writing because my mother held me back. And that's, you know, that's a story for another day. But, but what I did was I went to school and became a veterinary technologist. Again, love animals, love dogs, love cats. And I was very good at that. Um, but it wasn't fulfilling me. I didn't know what I else I was going to do with my life. I got married. I had kids. And then I went back to school for writing. And Deborah, I found my home base. Yay. I found where I should be. I was, I was accepted. I was writing. I was getting, um, you know, the kind of critique that you really need in your writing. People telling you what's good and what's not necessarily good and things that you need to work on. And I did very well. It was wonderful. I was one of the top students. And I felt like this is so... I just want to live here. I just wanted to live in that particular experience. But of course, you have to go out then and um, do something with your life. So, you know, I had some more um, um, fall downs and, and stumbles and whatnot until I finally decided to become an entrepreneur. And that's it. You know, the pivotal moment, the pivotal moment came when I had a book that I wrote that I slaved over, that I uh, put all my attention, energy, and, and thought into day after day for about six months. And the publisher I chose treated it like day old bread. Yeah, yeah books don't always get treated so well. Yeah, I, I, I agree with you. I, I've published some books myself and they, uh, you could walk into a library and some of those books are being sold for like 50 cents and it, it breaks my heart. Well, and the thing is, I said to myself, authors shouldn't have to go through this. They should be supported. Mm -hmm. They should be taught if they have, um, uh, they need a little help with their writing. They're, they should have someone do a really good cover design. They should have all the things that I wasn't getting. And so I said, I'm going to start my own publishing company. And I looked at Tom, my husband, and I said, what do you think? And he said, well, let's explore it. Let's see what, what, um, what we can make of it. So we started looking at what you need to do to start a publishing company. This was 2005 and it was going to be print on demand. Print on right. demand was brand new in 2005. Yes, and, and it wasn't always looked at. It was kind of poo-pooed, right? Yes, it was. Absolutely. Yes, it was. It was treated like the, um, you know, the, the other like this. sister. This, yeah. this. And, and um, no offense to redheaded women because I just love them. But in the end, I thought, you know, I knew. I knew it was going to grow. I knew it was going to be popular. I knew that people were going to start using it all the time. So I said, we're going to do that. We're going to be print on demand publishers. So what we needed was a printer. 
So Deborah, we went and started going around town, interviewing printers, finding out if they could handle print on demand and distribution. Okay. And we went to this one printer about 20 minutes from my house. And we're sitting in his um, room, his conference room, waiting for him. And we're looking around at the bookcase and, and um, all the books. And lo and behold, the book I wrote was on the wall. <gasps> yeah. Right there in the, and when he came in, I said, are you publishing this book? And he says, yeah, I'm the publisher and the distributor. And I said, okay, you're going to be my printer and my publisher and distributor. And so we opened Windsor Media Enterprises. We called it WME Books. And we worked with authors to help them um, achieve the goals they wanted for their book that I never got. All the service and, and, and um, support that I never got for my book. And, you know, it just made, it just fulfilled me. I felt like I finally was doing something in the universe that I, I was meant to do, not just my own writing, but helping other writers also. Yes. Yeah, so I wanna say something about this because you know people come to me, how do you know that you're in the wrong place? Something's always missing. You know, and, and it's like, if you're meant to be, if you're not meant to be a brain surgeon, you won't wanna be a brain surgeon. You won't think about being a brain surgeon, but if you're meant to be a brain surgeon, it, it will, you will never truly be fulfilled. You know, and, and how, and, you know, I encourage people to go after their dreams and go after the career that they really want, because something will always be missing and then it, it won't work. Like it just won't work. So it's an amazing story that you listen to yourself and you followed your heart. And that takes, that takes a lot of courage. It was, it was hard. We did hire a business planner and she helped us go through all the research to find out what the book industry was like. I learned so much more than I knew, which was so important to have. So I had that supporting um, intelligence, that knowledge that I needed to go out. And so uh, let me tell you, as I um, was doing the book business at that time, I also became a um, technical editor on a book for blogging. Now, blogging was brand new back then also. It was. But this young man was approached uh, to write a book about blogging, and he said, would you be a technical editor? Which meant I would make sure that everything he wrote about blogging was correct. Okay. And um, that really opened my eyes then to some of the internal workings of the publishing world. Okay. And then for a short time, I became an agent for um, an author. And so I, I have this varied background where I'm immersed in the publishing and writing world. It isn't just something I do because I'm passionate about it. It's also something that I study. It's something that I go out and take classes for all the time. I take classes to improve my writing. Okay. I take courses to um, learn what's happening on Amazon because all, let me tell you something, Amazon's the big gorilla in the room. And you can, you can dislike Amazon all you want. You can want to not sell your book on Amazon, but if you're not on Amazon, you are losing sales. Yes. So. Okay. All right. So here's what I want to do because I like this, right? Because the, the goal of this podcast is lessons learned. So what, what are some of the things that you've learned that, that, that you would like to share? Well, I've learned that you have to, on Amazon, um, your book description is huge that first two sentences you need to hook the reader in those first two sentences you can have a very long book description I recommend that you describe the book and especially a business book so we're talking mostly business books here 
Um, so in a business book, you can have a really great paragraph that introduces the book and then five or 10 bullet points about what people will learn if they buy the book. Okay. This is really, really great. Then your author page also, your author page has to have a really good picture of you and it has to have your uh, bio in a very friendly, approachable manner. Don't write like you're the CEO of some oil company. You know, you want to write like you're a real person and, you, and, and do it in first person. I this and I that, and I have a dog and I fish and I go camping and things like that. I mean, make it relevant to the book, but always be personable and approachable. And then the, the big, 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 big thing that people need to know, and everyone knows this, but sometimes they don't believe it, is that if you don't have the right book cover, all of this other stuff I'm talking about could go out the window. Okay. I'm telling you, people buy books by the cover. They do. Okay. So I'm sure, so people can come to you for this, right? Yes. All right. Mm -hmm. So I want to segue. I want to segue to you. I want to segue to you. Um, I, that was really important what you just said. So I don't want to take away from it, but I want to get, I want to get into you. So what are some of the lessons that you have learned in your career? What are some of the things that you've gone through, you know, that now that you're on the other side, you want to, you want to share it with the next generation? Well, the, the biggest thing is to find a mentor. Okay. Mentors are out there. They're, they're not, they're people in the business that you want to be in who sometimes will do this for free. I, my mentors were for free, but sometimes you have to get into a paid program where the mentor is mentoring a group of people. And that's really, really beneficial because having that group, um, that, that group sense of sharing and talking and uh, feedback is so, I mean, you and I know this from the group that we're in, Deborah, it's so valuable. But if you're in a mentoring group, that's all about just what you're doing and other people who might be doing the same thing, you're going to learn a boatload of stuff. So find a mentor. Okay. All right. So that's, so, that, is that, so that's one. What, yes. Is there another one coming? Yes, there is. So, and then I want you to go out and learn what you need to learn. Yes. So learn. Always, uh, my mentor taught me, always be in learning mode. Do not ever think you know everything and have all the right answers. Always be ready to learn something new. In, in one, um, I'll tell you, Deborah, I, I also ran an online influencer group for pet bloggers. Okay. And it's relevant to this because I taught them writing. Um, but one time at the, at the conference that we ran, and these were big conferences, they were international people came from all over the world. One of the bloggers came up to me and she was upset because it was Sunday morning and all the brands had left. All of the, the um, people who had sponsored were gone and we were still having some sessions, but everything else was gone. And she said, where are all the brands? I wanted to go in and talk to them. And I said, well, they all requested to leave Sunday morning. So we granted them that request. Mm -hmm. You can go to a couple courses. We've got this, this one here and this one. And she said, I don't need to do that. I already know everything there is to know about blogging. Mm -hmm. And I said, oh. Okay, well, then I apologize that we didn't keep the brands here, but I, I can't help you any further. And that, you know, that has stuck with me year after year, because you never, ever know everything about anything. Mm -hmm, that's right. 
So you, so you never know every, any, everything about everything, right? Right. Okay. Okay. All right. Any, any other lessons and anything else you want, you want people to know? Yeah. I want people also to believe in themselves. Okay. You know, I, I believed in my ability to be a writer because my fifth grade teacher called me up to her, her um, desk one day after class and it was uh, an assignment had been to write a short story and um, I hadn't got mine back. She handed everyone else's back. So she called me up and she gave me my story. It had a big red A plus on it. And she said, you're really a talented writer. I hope that you're going to do more of this. And she gave me a big hug. And in my world, that didn't happen. Nobody said that to me. And, but it, it, it gave me such, such satisfaction and I felt so good. And I, I took that story and it was like, yep, okay. Somebody other than me thinks I'm good at this stuff. Mm -hmm. So I started believing more in myself and um, it was validated across uh, all of my, my um, high school and college and whatnot. But it was because I continued to believe in myself. I continued to write. I continued to put out content that regardless of anybody else ever saw it, I was doing it because I believed that I could. You believed in yourself. Yeah, you know, I, yeah, you know um, I'm going to stop you for a moment because you said something I and I, I really want to say this because I think it's important. You know, what I'm getting is your life's work is to help writers. Mm -hmm. Like this is like what you, what you were born to do. Mm -hmm. So what you, and I talk about this a lot on the podcast that a lot of times purpose doesn't emerge until you're after 50. And the people that I'm talking to are over 50. And, you know, each one of them are doing something that they're, that they're meant to do with their life. And it sounds like this is what you're meant to do with your life. Interestingly, so, true, yes. true, because I was close to 50 when I start, started that publishing company. Yes. Yeah. There's something that happens at 50. There's like a switch. And people told me there was a switch and I was like, nah, mm -hmm. there's no switch. It's not going to happen to me, whatever it is. Because, you know, your body changes also, like there's a switch that happens at 50 and everyone told me and I said, oh no, it's not going to happen to me. It happens to all of us. Mm -hmm. But the other side is your purpose. And that is the premise of this podcast, which is you, you get to a point where you have so much wisdom, but then you look and you go, oh, oh, I have some wrinkles. I have some wrinkles, but you have wisdom, right? Well, so, and the, the, yeah. I think women more than men look at that as, as the wrinkles and, but also, um, so um, my husband's 71 already and he says he's going to live to be 130. God bless him. But uh, for me, you know, I look in the mirror and I, I bless my mother for her good genes, but I also say to myself, the me that I'm bringing to the world is the one who's passionate about this helping other writers achieve what they achieve. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't matter what I'm wearing. It doesn't matter that I have purple in my hair. It doesn't matter that um, how tall I am or whatever. None of that matters. What matters when I get on a call with an author is, am I giving that author the support that they need and the information they need to make their book successful? Yeah, I love that. So we're, we're going to start to wrap up, but here's how I'd like to wrap up because your life's work is to help writers, right? Mm -hmm. So, you know, tell us, you know, what are some of the services 
What, how do you help writers? Because writing a book, like I've written a book, you've written books and you know, people always say to me, I wish I can do it. I wish I could do that. So, you know, how do you, if someone came to you and said, I wish I could do it, you know, how could you help them? So um, Nurturing Big Ideas, my company, we work with authors from day one, word one, to the finished book. And that means that I'm there as their developmental editor, helping them write the book by making sure that it's um, true to the through line. So the through line is the message. What message are you um, sharing with your readers? And it has to go from front to back. You can't change the through line in the middle of the book. The message has to be coherent throughout. So we work on that. I'm passionate about words. So we work on using the right words. I'm passionate about storytelling. So I say to them, we're going to tell some stories. You're going to probably give me the facts of something that happened. And then I'm going to push back and say, oh, but what's the story behind it? Let's get into that because the reader wants the story. So I'm serving Deborah, both the writer and the reader, because the, the writer needs to serve the reader. And so we work from front to back. My husband does the cover design. Okay. He does the interior page layout. And then we get the book up on Amazon. We help them with their author page. And meanwhile, throughout, we work with them on the marketing <clears throat> and the promotions. What the, needs to happen to get that book in front of the right people. That's amazing. So published, you're on Amazon, you're on marketing. So it's full, it's full. It's like, eight it's a full package. It's yeah, a full it's, package. it's a, it's a very big deal because it's very daunting. Like, yes. like for me, it's less daunting because I've gone through the process, but in the beginning it was complete. And I, you know, I was afraid, you know, there's a difference between, you know, writing in a bubble and then putting out, putting it out there. Like you need an outside person to say, do this. It's okay. Because yep. once it's out there, you know, it's out there and then people are afraid what other people will think. Right. Right. And, and I, I will tell you that <clears throat> we're working with two authors right now whose previous publishers um, did not give them the support and the expertise that they should have gotten for their books. And we're redoing those books and they're going to be fabulous. I have no doubt in my mind that those books are going to be fabulous. All right. So how can our listeners find you? Well, the best place to find me is LinkedIn, as you know, because yes. I'm on LinkedIn continually. Um, I do share um, my passion for books and writing. I also share my passion for women and women's issues. Yes. And um, so you will see me in education, of course, which which um, transpires across both both of those. So I'm on LinkedIn and you just type my name in and I will come up, Yvonne DeVita. If they want to email me, if they have a question about writing or publishing, I am always, always happy to answer. I will try to answer within 24 hours. And it's just my name, Yvonne at YvonneDevita.com. Okay. All right. So I want to thank you. I want to thank you very much for being here. Um, such a, I knew this was going to be a great interview. I knew it. So I just want to say thank you. And I want thank to thank you. And I want to thank our listeners for being here. So this is Deborah Brown Volkman, podcast host for uh, Wisdom Comes with Wrinkles. And I really appreciate you being here today. So I will see you all next time. Take care, everyone. Bye.